Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello. Welcome to another installment of A to Z Mavs here on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian Kayanja, resident Mavs beat writer, credentialed Mavs media reporter here at A to Z Sports, a man that bears words about this team that vacillates between disappointment and excitement. Thank you for joining me for another episode. We have a packed episode. We have to talk everything game one of the Western Conference semifinal series between Dallas and the Phoenix Suns. If you haven't checked out my written content, it is on the website where I break down how Dallas can win the series. But for now, let's jump into the music and then let's talk some that. Let's jump into this. If you went to bed late last night, you missed a game that wasn't that close, but the final score deceives you. The Mavs lost 121 to 114. Luca had 45 points. He looked every bit of playoff Luca as we were expecting to see. Maxi Kleber hit multiple threes in the game, and you, you're fooled by the box score. You'll think that this game was close from the onset, but I'm here to tell you that this matchup with Phoenix is arguably the worst matchup Dallas could have drawn in the NBA playoffs. Let me explain why. So yes, the end score is deceiving and it looks far closer than it was, but it ignores the truth that for three quarters, no one outside of Luka and Maxi Kleber could generate offense. That's how good Phoenix's defense was. And on top of that, Phoenix shot 60% from three. And so when you're looking at the writing on the wall, and I know game ones, people tend to overreact, but you have to be truthful. And in this case, in this scenario, I don't see a feasible path forward for Dallas winning. And that's why my pick at the start of the series was Suns in four or Suns in five, because you got 45 points from Luka Doncic, your best player. You got multiple threes from Maxi Kleber, a guy that's good for that maybe once a series. And it still wasn't enough. And in the fourth quarter, when Dallas went on a 13-0 run to draw the game close, what happened? It made the score look close. When that wasn't the case, Phoenix took its foot off the gas because they figured they had the game won. They were up by double digits with less than two minutes remaining. And then Dallas is able to storm back looking good when in fact it was just Phoenix was not playing as hard as it was playing for the previous 45, 44 minutes. This matchup is awful for Dallas. And Dallas didn't check any boxes that I wrote about in the coming days ahead of this series. And so I laid out a road map for how Dallas could compete with the Suns or, or even stay within a realm of feasibility where they could steal a game one or game two. And the first step in that plan was to limit Aiton. Now that didn't happen at all. In the first half of the game, Aiton looked like prime Tim Duncan. I, I'm, I wish I, that was hyperbole, but it's not. Aiton averages about seven paint touches per game, 
and he scores about 1.8 points per paint touch, which makes him incredibly efficient. In fact, the most efficient paint score on Phoenix's roster. And what was Dallas's game plan? Apparently, it was let Aiton get the ball in the paint because that's all he was doing. And then on top of that, I also wrote about Dallas will need to limit Chris Paul's effectiveness in closing time. Well, Dallas did limit Chris Paul's effectiveness in closing time. The game wasn't close enough for him to have to go into closing mode. And then I also talked about Dallas needs to learn how to finish games. I should have, in fact, written about Dallas needs to learn how to start games. And this is where I want to get into Jason Kidd and his coaching philosophy. And this Dallas roster that, plain and simple, isn't that good. We were rused by Utah. And you have to understand what I'm saying in this. Utah played no defense. Utah's guards let Jalen Brunson have a field day. And now it's starting to look like all-star Jalen Brunson was a myth. It was mystical. It was not real. It wasn't factual. He shot 6 for 16 in this game. And he really struggled to create the same level of separation he did against Utah. And that's because Phoenix has Devin Booker, it has Michael Bridges, it has Cam Johnson, it has Jay Crowder, and it makes life difficult for him. Anyone could have looked good against Utah, because want to know why Utah was breaking up before they even got to the playoffs. And so Dallas's simplistic game plan, that is, we're going to rely on, if we're hitting three-point shots, then we're going to be in the game and we're going to be good. And if we're not hitting three-point shots, we're going to look like a lottery team. That's not going to work. And so let me, let me break it down for you like this as well. Doncic, yes, he scored 45 points, 15 of 30 from the field. That's 50%. Shot 36% from three. The numbers look good. But no high usage guy ever wins big in the playoffs. And I'm talking about astronomical levels of high usage between James Harden and guys like that, where you see them fizzle out in the second round, you see them fizzle out in the conference finals if the team's good enough to even get there. It's because it's hard for high usage guys to continuously attack, attack, attack when they're facing two, three multiple defenders. And in Dallas's case with Luka Doncic, if Luka isn't driving and kicking open shooters that are making their shots, the offense is doomed. There's nothing that Dallas does that's inventive. They don't run any scheme. They don't have any specific play where they can get their guys in action and moving towards the basket, creating quality looks. They just rely on hopefully Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith aren't missing and Luka can bail us out and maybe Jalen Brunson gets hot. And I don't know if this doesn't ring for a lot of Mavs fans, but you don't win a championship that way. Heck, this team doesn't even make it to the Western Conference Finals that way, especially when they have to play a Phoenix team that has Chris Paul, that has Devin Booker. But on top of those two, they have a system and they have a coach that instilled that system and they have a center that can score in the paint, something Dallas doesn't have the luxury of. So let's be real here. Everyone's saying, oh, Dallas is an underdog. Dallas can take down the Suns. Like That's not happening. And it's not because of Luka Doncic isn't going to play well. It's because the others aren't good enough. The roster isn't good enough to compete with a team that was in the NBA Finals less than a year ago. So I think it's time we start looking at this game pragmatically and admitting that Dallas doesn't have a system. Utah made that system look good. 
Want to know why? Because Utah's guards didn't play any defense, and it let Jalen Brunson and guys like him get hot. Phoenix does play defense. Phoenix does care. Phoenix wants to win, especially with Chris Paul. If Dallas doesn't figure it out soon, if Dallas doesn't figure it out in game two, which is set for Wednesday, I mean, this, this season, is coming home, staring at a 2-0 deficit, it's not looking too good. But let's hear what Luka Doncic had to say about Dallas's loss. Yeah, I think our defense uh, lost us a game today. Uh, I think our start and defensive end was terrible. Uh, and we got to change that. I think, uh, I know we can play way better defense, and I know we will next games. Yes, the Mavs defense lost them the game. And also, how much of it was the defense, though? Yes, Luca did say that they have to be better and they, you know, typical player speak, and that's fine. But what also can't be ignored is the fact that maybe it's not just the Mavs defense. It's that Phoenix is so good they can get whatever they want against Dallas. And that it's not even a question of, oh, how can Dallas improve? The way Dallas improves is maybe not letting Phoenix shoot 60%. for half of the game, maybe that's the way to improve. But also, it's limiting paint touches from Aiton, like I wrote about two days ago. Aiton can't just catch the ball, turn, and score the way he did in game one. But if we're going to look at this from the silver lining perspective, it's that Luka got whatever he wanted on offense. And that's fine. You know, seeing Luka score 45 points, it's exciting, no matter who they're playing. But what it's going to take is Luka getting others involved, others incorporated within the offense, and it will take the others actually scoring the looks that Luka's gravity on the court grants them. And so when when we're examining how exactly Dallas improves from this performance, it's important to look at it from the perspective of, yes, we need to have Dallas tighten up its defense. Like, that is that is a necessary thing. Um, but secondary, you need Luka to still score with the best of them, but also get others involved. Because if he can't get the others involved and the others aren't scoring, I mean, Dallas is doomed. Last night, uh, the Mavs had 16 assists to Phoenix's 27. And that's just how these types of games go. Great teams find a way to get everyone involved. Let's hear what Luke had to say about scoring with the best of them in game one and how he felt about his performance. Uh, I think I missed a lot of layups uh, that I should make. Uh, but I don't think the offense was the problem today. I think uh, on defensive end, I think everybody was just a little bit lazy, especially on, uh, on the first half. You know, we got to change that. Luke, are you... Uh... You okay running up 44 or 45 minutes, uh, especially when you're taking a lot of shots, some of them in places where you don't want shots? <laughs> yeah, I do. And I'm, I feel good. Uh, I was way more tired than you did. I think it's because of the altitude. But uh, I felt way better today, you know, playing all those minutes. And it's playoffs, you know, I'm ready for that. Luca feels good, and when asked about his offensive performance, he hearkened back to the defensive side of the ball. and. Again, that's fine, but does fine win you championships? And does fine have you competing for championships? And obviously the answer to that is no. Dallas shot 
41% from three last night. Phoenix ended up shooting 39%. A 39% performance from three-point range from Phoenix, it's not their best. 41% from Dallas kind of is. And I think we're looking at a series that, oh, anyone can say this will be a long fight. This will be interesting. Oh, we'll see what happens. Anyone can say that, man. But I think we're looking at a short series. And this series will be one of those where Nico Harrison, Mark Cuban, and the Mavs front office recognize just how far they are from actually competing with the best of the best. Utah gave Dallas fools gold. That's fine. What happens now is that Dallas gets to assess where it actually is in terms of contention and then headed into the offseason if Dallas loses this series. They need to improve in places like the center position. And they need to get a big wing that can handle the ball outside of Luka. Because as good as Jalen Brunson is and as much money as he's going to command, I don't think he's a second banana on a championship team. Flat out. So there you have it. Today's episode of A to Z Mavs here on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. It's been fun. And sadly, I don't know if we'll we'll have many, you know, post-game podcasts for you. But hopefully this series can can extend itself. We'll see what happens. We'll see if, if the Mavs have any fight in them. But as always, make sure to follow me on social media. My Twitter is at I-A-N-I-A-N-K-A-Y. There you get all my hot takes, my cold takes, the takes that should have stayed in the drafts, and just some of my flat-out opinions on, on things, basketball or non-basketball. Um, and then make sure to follow all the A to Z Sports pages to stay up to date with A to Z Sports' content that is produced daily. We are a machine over here. So make sure to stay up to date with that. And as always, may the rest of your day be the best of your day. Peace.